Unless we get up to the top of Lama Zayin Amin Aleph. So Mishnah recorded a number of different halachas which are also to do on Yontif, similarly in Shabbos as well. And we gave really three categories. There's a category called Shvus, which are classic Durabanans. Shumr Shus, which just means something which is not a mitzvah, but not something which is right, something which you can do, which is uh, you, you have the option to do. And there was the third category, Shum Mitzvah. And all those things were not permissible on Yontif. And we gave the entire list. The Gemara is going through them step by step, mostly to focus on the category that we put them in, and is it the name and the category appropriate for what it's referring to. So the Gemara continues on top of Lama Zion, Lechaltzen, or Duyibam, which is similar to any other marriage. And the Gemara asks, one second, we called out a Rishus, that was in the category of Rishus, something which is, can be done. Those are a mitzvah. Chalitza is a mitzvah. Even the Gemara says, no. The case over here is that there's a number of brothers, and really the mitzvah belongs to the oldest brother. He's the one who has the mitzvah to Yibam or Chalitza, and the other ones can do it. It's not the same level of mitzvah as the other, as the oldest brother. So therefore, we call it a rishus because since it's not being done in the most optimal way that the oldest brother is doing it, which is the way the mitzvah should be performed in the optimal way, therefore we consider it a rishus. Okay. Now the Gemara says we didn't really explain the rationale for all these things. Why can't you do Chalitza? Why can't you do Yibam? Why can't you do it in Torah? Why can't you write all those things? Why is it asking? Well, this is the cooler time in my mission. All these things are in the, under the concern. You might come to write. Often there was recordings and there was documents that were done to either document what happened, and therefore the concern of writing it was a something <coughs> which generally done as part of these proceedings, and therefore we did not allow it to be done yet because you might come to write down the proceedings. That way, he said the last category was Mishra Mitzvah. He's talking about Dura Yatif, even though they're a mitzvah, La Makdishin, to make something Hegdish, La Marichin, which is taking the value of something and again donating it to Hegdish, Machrim is a similar thing, you're donating the item and consecrating it to Hegdish. So, all these are transfers of items or value to Hegdish. The Lord says, What's the reason for these things? Very interesting. That's considered to be a concern. It's similar to buying and selling. Since it's a transfer of ownership, even though it's not a buying and selling transaction, but it's a transfer of ownership, we give it the same status as buying and selling, and therefore we don't allow any transfer of ownership. This is the same halacha. We can't give a present. It comes from the same halacha of giving a present on Shabbos Yatav also, because it might be it's similar to buying and selling. There's a transaction taking place. Again, there's certain cases where it's permissible, but the overall overall understanding is that Transfer of ownerships are similar to Mecca Chalamka. That means that you cannot go and take Trumus and Maisus on Yantif and Seman Shabbos. Mushnah Pshita, that should be obvious. Right? Taking off Trumus and Maisus is fixing something, which is making it to be now usable. Of course, that should be awesome. The Mara says, You're taking off the Trumus and Maisus and immediately going to the coin and saying, Here's your food. So in, in, those, in that case, it's not really the same as we're just separating it, which clearly seems as a, as a thicken. Now, the Kohen gets it, you look like, hey, I'm going to help out the Kohen, I'm going to give him some, some presents, and therefore it may not give the, the uh, same appearance as real thicken. Now, if you remember, this is not 
actual fixing something. It's more spiritual fixing something. So it's more like in the right when you actually take a chair and fix it. That's 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 real maka patish or binyan. Here, there's some more spiritual fixing. So it's a drabanan. If you did it in a way which may not appear like you're actually fixing, because you're taking and giving it to the cohen directly, maybe that would be okay. Still, Gemara says it's a problem. You cannot go and take it off on Shabbos Yantif, even if it was going directly to the coin. End of the day, you're fixing and making this produce edible now and usable. The Hanimali Peru did feel me It's only true that it's an issue if the Perus were already tevel, it means they're already considered to be required to take off Trumus Amaisis yesterday, which is a classic case. You picked fruits and you had to go and take off Trumus Amaisis. If you didn't do so before Yantif, you cannot do so on Yantif. However, in Paris, which became Tevel today, the only example of that would be going Isa. You made a dough. Make a fresh dough on Yantif. You have to take off challah. That's one of the requirements. So this obviously wasn't in the world before Yantif. Today it became in the world. You made the dough today. And today it became Tevel, which means requirement to take off Shuma to go to the Kohen. It is going to be relevant today. So in that case, since it all took place today, you can take off challah and give it to the Kohen as part of the process of making this, this bread edible. If you didn't do so, the bread, you actually couldn't eat it. So this is all part of the necessary parts in baking bread. So you can do so and even separate the challah on Yantid and give it to the Kohen. Okay. Kohen now just focuses somewhat on the language again in terms of the categories. The first category was the Shvus, second was Rishus, and third was the Mitzvah. So it sounds like that it sounds like that the second category is Rishos, something which is again voluntary thing. There's no Durabanan involved. Now, of course, there's Durabanan involved. We just said the, whole, the reason why you can't do it on Yantiv was because you might come to write. That's the Durabanan. And the same thing with the next category. Why do you call the first category? That's a Shvus. That's a Durabanan. And the second category is, is called Rishos or Mitzvah. Those also Durabanan. That's the whole reason why it's an issue. The Gemara says you're right. The language really is not so exact. It's really. If to understand it as follows. It as follows. If it's only a shvus, then it's going to be asa. That's the first case is when you have the, the issues of climbing a tree, running in animals, etc. Even if it's a shvus, it's a drabanan. But there's something involved, which again, it's not a mitzvah, but something which is at least some level of mitzvah, still it's going to be asa. And the third category, the third chedesh is even though it's an actual mitzvah, you're giving a hegdish, you're giving something to, you're consecrating it for the base of mikdash. Still, since it's a shos, even though there's a mitzvah involved, it's going to be asr. So the shos was just really giving a, a uh, really applies to all of them, all of them are shum shos. The actual point of the second and third categories were that even though there's a rishos, even though there's a mitzvah, Still going to be usher on Yantif. Okay, then we said, Kalelu Yantif Amru. The end of the Mishnah ended off that these things are Sarah Yantif, this whole list of things, and Kavachomer B'Shabbos, for sure on Shabbos. And the only different Shabbos and Yantif is Ochel Nefesh Bovad, things which are for the sake of cooking, sake of eating, that's what's permissible on Yantif, different than on Shabbos. Ask the Gemara, a very obvious stira to the last Mishnah. Raminu, Mashilam, Paris, Derecharuva, Biyantiv, Avlei Beshabis. The last Mishnah said that if you have fruits which are drying out on your roof, you're scared they're going to get rained on or get ruined. Staying on the roof, you'll have to lower them through the skylight on Yantiv, the first Mishnah in the parak. 
but not on Shabbos. So we see clearly a difference in Yantav and Shabbos. Yantav, you can allow to do this lowering of the fruits in order to save them, and not on Shabbos. So it sounds like a Stevatar Mishnah. I'm revasive like Kasha. You're right, these two Mishnahis have different opinions. Har of Eleazar of Yeshua. The Sanya, we had this Mishnah earlier. Ayusavi has Benesh and Afalabar. He had an animal, and the animal's own child fell into a pit on Yantav. And the obvious issue is you cannot check both of them on the same day, because we know the halacha is you cannot check the animal and the child on the same day. If you therefore try to take both of them out, you have a problem, because one of them can't be used. You only can remove it from the bar if you want to use it. So Belazah has a solution. Mala Sarishon He says, take the first one out, and now you can check. And you're right, you can't take it out, but you'll feed it in the bar. This way, at least it won't die. You'll feed it in the bar to keep it alive. Traditionally, almost, in order to keep it alive. And if Yeshua says, no, you can do even more than that. He says, for the sake of, of potentially avoiding the loss of this animal, and he's leaving it down there, who knows what can happen to it, he allows you to take both of them up. Ah, you can't shut both of them. He says, you can do a little bit of a trick. They take the first one up for the sake of shechting it. And then you say, oh, you know what? Uh, it's not so good. I'd rather take the other one. The other one probably looks better. Then you take the second one. Now, he allows you to do that because of the sake of the concern of hefzid, you know, losing the animal, which is obviously a considerable loss. And he says, then once you get both of them up, you can shech the other one. Kamara says, what does it do with us? So we, this machlokis is really, can you violate Yantif on some level for the sake of a potential loss. So Rabbi Yeshua, the first opinion, says no, you cannot do so. Even though potential loss is involved, you cannot do so. Velazza says no. Since the potential loss is involved, he allows you to do this little bit of a, of a trick, which is really a violation of, of Yantif, for the sake of trying to save the animal. So our Mishnah as well, the Mishnah which, which differentiated between Shabbos and Yantif was a Mishnah which says that we're talking about Hafsid potential loss of the, of the fruits and the first opinion the opinion which was is Yeshua's opinion which says you can, he doesn't care about um, loss that would say only in Yantif you can save the save the the fruits same way that you can same way that you can um, um, the fruits you can save and on Shabbos the same way you can't save the animal so Allah's opinion that's machba that's stringent about violating Shabbos for the sake of a loss is consistent with the Mishnah, which says you can lower the fruits of Haruba. Our Mishnah, which says you can no different Shabbos and Yantif, seems to go with the opinion which says that if it's a loss, but on both Shabbos and Yantif. That's the more seems to want to connect these two opinions. not so simple. Maybe Leza only says opinion over there about the animals. You have another solution. What's the solution? The animal probably won't die. Because you'll feed it, and it's in the bar, in the actual pit, you'll feed it. So, likely it's going to be okay. In the case of the skylight, the fruits over there, you have no solution, it's going to get ruined. Maybe he agrees, it's okay. So there's no connection necessarily. Maybe you're showing it over there, that it's going to be okay. You still you have a little bit of a trick. You're saying, I'd rather this one, no, I want that one. So you sort of, have some sort of rationale why you're taking both of them. Avalacha. Here there's no way to make any sort of explanation of why you're doing it. And it's clearly doing it for the sake of just saving the money. Like, maybe we're different. The more it says, not necessarily, you can't compare these cases. 
So we're still back to our contradiction then. And the Mishnah is again whether you can violate Yantif on some level, for, uh, I'm sorry, Shabbos on some level for the sake of a loss. This land, Bishami Omrim, Emotzi and Loas, Alukata of Loas, Alulav Loas, a Sefer You cannot carry a child, Alulav, or a Sefer Torah You see, it only says you can carry things for the sake of food. Nothing more than that. Ubisel Matirin, and Bissel says Mutter. Means Bissel is more um, lenient. He says you can carry anything. Means once you can carry, we were much more lenient in terms of how we, we allowed things um, as. Um, as um, for, for Yantif, and therefore he allowed carrying anything, even things which are not necessary for the sake of um, sake of carrying, sake of I'm sorry, sake of food. So I want to say the same that when you use this machlokas to apply over here. By our case, when you're moving something unnecessarily, again, this case of the of the fruits, so it's really a total moving not necessarily. So Bissell is more lenient. He allows things even more than just actual food. Purposes, etc. He allows things even beyond that. And Mishami is more stringent and says, no, only actual food, food purposes, nothing more than that. And that's the Machokis in our two Mishnahis. Maybe Mishami would say that when it comes to total, all you're doing is moving it. Mishami would deal with carrying. Carrying is, is, is carrying outside, is, is much more stringent. But who said that he would be Machmer also on total is moving it? One of the reasons why we said things which aren't necessary to move is actually an issue to move them is because you may come to actually carry them. That's one of the reasons why Toto was also. So therefore, Toto and Hatzah are very much actually connected, and therefore it makes sense that Bishamay, who's machmer and carrying, will also be machmer and Toto and moving things unnecessarily, even for the sake of a potential loss. And that's why Bishamay is machmer about moving the, um, the fruits. But Bishel is more mekel and will allow one to do so on... Um, for the sake of anything beyond um, eating, we also allow total for the sake of saving the fruits, and therefore we can allow it to move it in order to lower them, not to have them get ruined in the rain. Okay, new subject now, very fascinating subject about Tchumen. We know the, the basic rule of Tchumen is that a person can go and travel 2,000 amos outside the city. Shabbos is Yantan, no difference. And beyond that, you cannot. Only way to extend that is to make an area of tchumen, which you mean take food, you place it at the actual end of the 2,000 amas, and then you can go 2,000 amas further. Now, just a, a, one important point, which we'll see what comes up. Let's say I'm over here. This is where I, I live over here. I can go essentially 2,000 amas this way, this way, this way, this all directions. That's my, my allowance. If I want to extend, let's say I want to extend this direction, I want to go 4,000 amas in this direction. So the when I so I put an area over here, and then I can go two thousand amas this way, and then two thousand amas more this way. That will disallow you to go this way now, right? You only you only go that direction now, which you basically in a reason why you wanted to go there, so you can go in this direction. That's the basic rules of Tumen, and we'll see how that applies now. Now there's another background to this Mishnah, which is fascinating, that every person's items go along with his own tchum. What does that mean? That means I can go 2,000 amas this way, this way. My animal can, has the same tchum as me, even though it's, it's an animal. There's no, right? no, but the answer is that my possessions are limited to my tchum. So therefore, my animal, if, even if someone else was taking it, it doesn't matter. I can only go till the end of where my tchum is, every direction, not more than that. And that's the mission that starts off. 
animal or utensil of a person can go as far as the as far as the the feet literally of the bailam, as far as the, the owners can go that's how far the animal and the utensil of a person can go okay that's a background on the then the mission now applies to the very interesting cases a person gives over an animal to his son to either watch or take care of it etc or to a roa or to a shepherd and says you take care of it pasture it etc who is told to go after the owners or the person who was given to in this case the child or the shepherd says the Mishnah and this was given over on Yantav means on Yantav you give it over to the son to watch and take care of since when Yantav started my Tchum was the one that, that was going to be its criteria because when Yantav started it went after me so too even though it's given over on Yantav it still goes after the Ragnar Bailam the Tchum of the Bailam Tchum of the owners Kalim Let's say you have a bunch of brothers that they inherited some utensils from their father. And one of them is sort of, he's, it's given to him. He's the one that's going to use it. So then it goes after him. It goes after him. However, let's say it's given to all the brothers. And no one brother actually owns it now. Who's told to go after? All of them. That means the, the, limit, the most limited of all of them. And let's say, I mean, if they're all in the same house, obviously they have the same tchum, but let's say they're in different places. So the only you can only go to a place where all of them are allowed to go, not beyond that. Shame you if they're not designated to any particular brother, the only can go as far as all of them are able to go, not beyond them. He has to go to a place where everyone's allowed to travel within their tchum. Hashola from his friend in Ervyantif, goes after the one who borrowed it, because since Ervyantif Yantif started it was in my possession. I borrowed it now to have it. Because after my tchum right now. However, Habar Anyantiv itself, Tragli Hamashal, goes after the one who lent it. Because when Yantiv started, it was in his possession. And therefore, it goes after his ownership, his tchum. Bechenisha, Hashashal Mechavarita Tavlan Umayim, Umelachat Sishibaras from a friend, spices, water, or salt, Lisasa to make a bread. It goes after both of them, which means that since right now it's really in some ways owned by both of them because I borrowed it for Anyanta, for, for my thing, I'm going to put it into my dough, you lent it to me, so you have to go, you know, like, you know to a place where both of them are allowed to go in their tchum. Vida says, Mayim just dissolves in dough and not considered anything, and therefore since it dissolves into the dough, we don't have an issue of tchum at all, and therefore there's no concern about how far it can go. It just dissolves. But the other things, salt and the spices, which are still going to be present in this dough, you go after the raglish name, which means the ownership of both of them, and the only to a place with the tchum of both of them can allow them to travel. Says the Gemara, this son, the loker of dosa. The mission sounds an of dosa. Who's of dosa? The sign of dosa, Omer. Someone who buys an animal from his friend, Mirav Yantif. Uh, even though he didn't give it to him itself goes after the person who bought it which means that once he bought once he took ownership of it even though he didn't physically actually get it it goes after the person who buys it someone gives an animal over to a shepherd even though he gave it over it goes after the roa so it sounds like this is not like Amishnah Amishnah clearly said that it was given over on itself 
it goes after the owner, not after the person who received it, the, the, the shepherd or the buyer. So, I mentioned this seems to be not like, not like our Rav Dosa. The verse says, no. I feel tame Rav Dosa, I can fit with Rav Dosa. Velokasha, one says there's a city that has one shepherd, one says there's two shepherds. What does that mean? If you have a city that only has one shepherd, it means everyone basically uses that one shepherd. He's the guy who's, who's everyone. So we can assume before Yantif, who's it going to? It's going to that one shepherd. No other shepherds are, 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 use, are servicing this town. So therefore it's considered as if you know clearly before Yantif it's going to that one shepherd. If it goes after his tchum. However, if you have two shepherds or more, we don't know what's going to. And therefore, until it's actually given over to a certain shepherd, we don't look at it as his tchum, we look at it as the owner's tchum, and if it went over on Yantif, it'll go after the owner, still not after the shepherd. Dekanami, the Tani, Levno, the Roa. Mishnah itself was, says it was somewhat unclear who was going to the son or to the Roa. Obviously, it was unclear who was going to, and that's why it goes after the owner. In Rivdosa's case, it was very clear. Only one shepherd. You know who it's going to, and therefore the tchum goes after the shepherd, not after the owner. That in the case of, as you just said, was given over to the shepherd, and the case was, as we mentioned, there was only one shepherd there, goes after the tchum of the shepherd. Our Mishnah said clearly that the behem and the kelim go after the bailam, and if those are not their way, and the Mishnah is the same answer. We already established this. That our mission is going to case with two, two shepherds. There's more than one possibility. And if those is going to case with one shepherd, and that's why it's not a contradiction at all. <coughs> They're consistent depending on how it's set up and how it's structured. One shepherd or two shepherds. Turn around. Two people borrowed a, a garment. They both use it. I'll use it in the morning. To go into Shul, and you go in the evening, the way Mishnah. So we'll each divide up how it's going to be used. So basically, this utensil is going to be in the joint, um, uni- joint um, usership of these two people. So the the Tchum goes after both of them. Both of you are borrowing it. Goes to both of you, Tchum. Now, Zara will love its suffering. Zara will love it, Dharam. This guy made an of towards the north. This guy made an of towards the south. So that share of a love itself on That means each one's going trying to extend their air of a certain direction. But since they both really own it, they both borrowed it, the most they can go is as far as the other one can go as well. It means they're both limited to how far each one can go. So if one guy extends it to the cell phone, then that's going to limit it to the Durham, and if we can only go that far to the Durham as well. So they're each going to be limited their own tchum since they both have their ownership of this thing at least for the time being for right now. If they actually extended the tchum that means there was each guy wanted to extend the 2,000 amas out you can't move it at all. It's stuck right where it is within its own dalal amas because the, the as we said earlier if I extend my tchum 2,000 amas, I can't go the other direction. So if you want to go one way, I want to go the other way. So we each go extend the 2,000 amas, this thing's stuck in the middle, it can't go anywhere. And I'll be right, that's the state of the whole yantar, it can't go anywhere, because the tchum race where, where each direction, it can't go further, because each one is extending the tchum in the other direction. Okay, itma. 
Two people bought a barrel or animal b'shutfis. Rav Amar, chavos muteris ubei masura. The chavos is mutter to go and take it as take it where you wish, but behem is aser. And Shmuel says chavos nami asura. So what's going on over here? What is the what's the rationale for this? What 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 is the um, hatter to go take it? That means each one the should have um, the, the, each one has, has joint ownership over here and. Rav is saying that somebody's difference between an animal and a and a barrel. Shmuel says even the barrel's also. What's going on? So my kasava, Rav, ikasava, Rav ish breira. I feel bad with history. So the Gemara is now going with breira. What's breira? Breira we had originally, we had earlier that basically when I take it, that that's my ownership of it. And retroactively, when if if we have two shudfim and one of them takes it, we assume it was his the whole time. It was like going to be his. Then look, we look at his was his. That's retroactively his. Therefore, goes after his tchum. Other guy takes it, goes after his tchum. So that's Breira. So if you go with Breira, so even the animal should be mutter. <laughs> What's the difference, animal or chavis? Basically, Breira says that when I take it, it goes with my tchum. Obviously, Shmuel doesn't go with Breira. This is both the rasa. If it goes in Breira, feel the chavis nami asur, like Shmuel. Who's the only one who's Breira? Ushani vehemot to call Yanki tchumi hadadi. A vehemot is different because vehemot you can't say that, oh, this is my portion, this is your portion. A behemoth, though, each portion, the whole animal sort of lives off of each other. The whole animal is one animal. It's different than a barrel, which just is, the barrel's not, barrel's not alive. A animal lives off of each other. So to say the braver that this is going to be mine or yours, right? No. It's both of ours. We both need to keep it alive that it's going to be stay um, as under our jurisdiction. And if an animal, you can't really separate and look at it through braver because it lives off, it needs both sides to live off of each other. He says that for Issa Mukta, you didn't have an issue. And for Tchumen, you're, you're more worried than, than, than Mukta, that if this whole concern of that it's living off of each other is going to be an issue, we assume in, in Tchumen, uh, in Tchumen, which is less of an issue than Mukta, you're going to be worried. Shastag Rabbi didn't have an answer. So, my Avila, what is the case of Psak in this case? And therefore, you can separate it, and therefore, each person can take it based on his tchum. V'yochanan says, "Ain breira." Ask the man of Sabra, "V'yishur ain breira." V'yoshish says, "Ain breira." V'atnan, a case which clearly is based on breira. What's the case? Hames, hames v'bais. A person had a there's a corpse in the house. The pesachim there's many doors to this house. You're not sure which door the base will exit from to know if it's tummy or not. Cool on they're all tummy. Since they might go out from one of these doors, all tummy. However, and if one of them opened up when they go out from that door for sure, who tummy? That one's tummy. The other one's all tar. Let's say you, you intended to go out through one door, through one window. It saves all the other doors because now, again, clear, I'm going to use one door. I decide to use one door. And Meshami says, it has to be only if you thought about it before it actually died. Even after it died. So the Mariah says as follows. It It's only going to help to make the Psachim Torah for the future. What, what does that mean? That means right now you know which door you're going out. You decide which door you're going out. So if you could say Breira, Breira would say retroactively you always know which door you're going out. And therefore it's going to be Torah, the whole door is Torah. But Ravashia says, no, the door is only tar from once you made your decision to leave that door, the other ones are okay. Until that point, the door is still going to be a problem. Ravashia says, one second. 
the Ravesh holds a Breira, Breira which should save the other doors as well, because now retroactively you know this door is going to be used. So why should it be a problem? Gemara says, you're right. Eber Chavesha, Ravesha must say, Eberra, and Yochan says, Yesh Breira. Gemara says, that's also quite problematic. Umisra Vechanan Breira, Vamar of Yasiyam of Yechanan, Hachat Shachoko, Lukuchazin, Umachzirin Zezeb Yovo. Brothers which received an inheritance from their father of fields, and they split it up. Gemara says, we look at them as they're buying it from each other. Not that they retroactively, it's like they always knew this was going to you and this was going to you. They're buying it from each other. Therefore, when Yovel goes back to the original owners, now that's obviously doesn't hold the Breira. If you hold the Breira, Breira would say that retroactively, you know that this is going to that brother, it's going to that brother. So, he doesn't hold the Breira. The Chitema, Maybe he only holds Breira and Deraisa in the case of, uh, of the inheritance. But the Rabbanan is slight. Abanan mi Isle, does he hold a Brayun Drabanan? Vatani, I review the Imer, Ener the Masnal Shnei Dvaram Kachad, Elam Kain, Bachacham the Mizrach, Uvil the Mizrach, Lamayev Uvil the Mayev. You just said if a person wants to make a Tchum, and he's not sure which way to go, wants to go, means he's trying to go to his Rabbi, not sure which direction he's going to. So he makes it tonight and says that if the Chacham goes to the Mizrach, Mayev to the Mizrach, to the Mayev going to the Mayev. And he says, he has to make it tonight. You look the kind light, but if you want to say go to both directions, I mean, have the choice to go to either one, whichever one he comes to, you can't do that. Obviously, that's the old vein breira. Vina boy, my shalom the kind of kind light. The embraira. Mizrach Meir Nami embraira. The Mordechai says if he, if the kind of means he says I want to go either direction, it's not going to work. The embraira. So how does it help if he says if he comes to the Mizrach, I'll go there. Meir I'll go there. It's also based on embraira. The Mordechai says I'm a veichan mekvarba. That case must be ready. He came already. So you just don't know where he came to. So in that case, you don't have to lie in Breira. He came. He's there. He's physically there. I just don't know where he is. So I say, if he's in the Mizrach, I go to the Mizrach. Am I ever going to the Mizrach? But the case where I don't know where he is, there lies in Breira, and that's going to, that's going to be a problem. Alma, lesser Rechabri, must not hold a Breira. So clearly, Rechabri doesn't hold a Breira. If he held a Breira, then you could see whichever direction I want to go into, I'm going to go. If he doesn't allow that, he must not hold a Breira. And then we're back stuck now that Rechabri seems to not hold a Breira. Ravosh is not a little braver. I have to see exactly how we fit in these opinions, and we'll see that next week. Bezer Hashem of who holds a braver and who doesn't in these two opinions of Ravosh and the Yochanan.